Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Not get better news than we did earlier today about Damar Hamlin. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Carlin, at Chris Canty 99. Poll is up there right now. Canty believes I have fat shamed uh, everyone. Because you did. Uh, even though I'm, if, when I'm doing that, I'm actually fat shaming myself by saying that my gauge about whether or not I'm healthy is do I need the seatbelt extender on the airplane? And I have not needed that as of yet. So at 318 pounds, I feel quite healthy. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I want to know your take on that. And our poll right now stands uh, on uh, at Chris Carlin at uh, 53%. Of course, it is a good gauge of health. You fat shamed us. I did. But you let's did. get to the better news of yeah. the day. And that surrounds Damar Hamlin. This is Dr. Timothy Pritz, one of the doctors overseeing Damar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Health Center. We would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurocritical care teams, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. Uh, they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make. Uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really a good turning point uh, in his ongoing care. Neurologically intact. Those were the two best words that you could hear out of Dr. Timothy Pritz. Yeah, and based on everything that we've heard from the medical professionals, Carlin, the first 72 hours, everybody was going to be tight-lipped in terms of what they thought could happen in this situation. They knew right after the injury they had to have him sedated because of how they chose to treat him and dealing with a cardiac arrest, an event of that nature. Um, but getting that news today, Carlin, just lets me know that prayer is real, man. You know, everybody's had their thoughts and concerns with Damar and his family the last several days since it took place. And to hear the news today that it seems like he's on the other side of it or that the worst is behind him, Carlin, I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I am grateful that this young man seems like he's going to be okay. And I think we need to continue to acknowledge the work that the first responders and the medical staff Amazing. at the stadium did, um, the NFL, and making sure that there was planning and proper training, um, you know, having the awareness of the Level 1 Trauma Center in Cincinnati, taking them straight to University of Cincinnati because in those situations, every second matters. Um, and Carlin, they're heroes because they saved that young man's life. And so I think we need to acknowledge for all of the bad things that we say about the NFL when it comes to health and safety protocols and all of the criticism that we we throw their way, this is one of those instances where they deserve to be praised, they deserve to be lauded because they they saved that young man's life. Couldn't say it any better. They they absolutely did in that moment and it 
is phenomenal to hear that things are headed in a positive direction. And he took, when you hear significant turn, that was such, such a, a heartwarming thing to hear. And you continue to just keep good thoughts for his recovery and for his family as well. Then there is Sean McDermott, who spoke earlier today for the first time uh, over the last few days. Here is what kind of atmosphere that he is expecting this coming Sunday, which you would imagine would be absolutely incredible uh, in Orchard Park between the Bills and the Patriots. Knowing our fan base and, and, and the connection that we have and that they have with us, um, A, I think it's going to be very emotional for everyone in the stadium, um, and B, I think it's going to be unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, and we're going to have to balance some of that, you know, in order to perform the way we need to perform. Um, but um, we've spent a, a, a number of games this season away, um, kind of ironically enough, and um, this, is, this is going to be really good timing, if there is good timing in any of this, for us to be home finally and uh, in front of our fans. It's a very good thing. And, and listen, you heard Josh Allen was sitting up there with him. And you heard him sniffling a little bit through it, too. He was getting emotional throughout the news conference. Yeah, and Carlin, now that they've gotten the news about DeMar and that it seems like he's going to be able to make a recovery from what happened on Monday night, a lot of those players in that locker room are going to turn their attention to football, and I have a hard time believing that DeMar won't be the rallying cry for this team moving forward. With all of the emotion, all of the things that they've felt over the past days, it only serves to draw everybody in that organization closer because of what they've gone through. And that's one of their brothers. That's a friend. Uh, it's a teammate. It goes well beyond his impact on them on the field. And so for them to get that kind of news, that certainly can galvanize the Buffalo Bills, not only in Week 18, but moving forward in their playoff run. The other side of this was T. Higgins. And, of course, you know, he's somebody that I can't imagine what he's been feeling over the last few days, uh, being the guy that had the collision with DeMar Hamlin. And he spoke of a conversation that he had with DeMar's mom. Telling me that she's thinking of me, praying for me, and things like that. That he's telling me, She's telling me that he's okay and just all the, all the good, positive stuff. What's it like when you, you hear that from her? Uh, man, it feels good, you know, just knowing that, you know, knowing that he's okay, he's doing better, um, and, you know, it makes me feel better inside. You know, being on the other side of that had to be a very, very tough spot for T. Higgins in this whole thing. But it's, again, all the way around, you're hearing such positive things that finally you're able to put some of this stuff behind you and you can start to focus moving forward on your team, where they're headed, uh, what they could be playing for, and for both of those teams, there's an awful lot on the line here. But there are a couple of games on Saturday as well before we get to Sunday. And the first one is Kansas City and the Raiders. Kansas City is obviously uh, going for the top seed uh, in the uh, AFC. And then you've got Tennessee-Jacksonville, which is a win-win-the-division-you're-in scenario. There is a convoluted way where Jacksonville could actually still end up making the playoffs and not winning the division, but it's so wacky and out there that it's unlikely. So more than anything, a win and you're in a game there. I am oddly fascinated by that game because I look at Jacksonville, Chris, as a team 
that could really cause problems if they were to win and get in the playoffs for somebody. I could see Jacksonville making that odd trip a much further than we would have anticipated. Yeah, I mean, doesn't Jacksonville do that every now and again? It feels like once a decade yeah. they make an appearance in the conference championship Yeah, that 40-burger against Pittsburgh yeah, a few years ago yeah. and then what made it to the 20, 2016? Something they, like that, And they yeah. played the New England Patriots in Foxborough? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Jacksonville does that. And, and do we think that it's outside of the realm of possibility for Jacksonville at home to beat the Chargers, who are currently the five seed in the AFC. They throttled them earlier this year. They beat the hell out of them earlier On the road. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville is a team that's playing well. They've won four straight, five of their last six. And, Carlin, they're playing against a team that's lost six straight games. So, I I know there was some optimism about Josh Dobbs and, and what he brought to the offense versus Malik Willis. Let me tell you something, man. With the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing, the confidence that that team is humming with, <laughs> Carlin, they've outscored their opponents in the last two games 50 to 6. <laughs> 50 to 6. I mean, think about that. I mean, since the calendar has turned to December, outside of that aberration, which was the Detroit Lions, they've been playing really, really good ball. I mean, they beat the Tennessee Titans in Nashville, they beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime. they're on the road against the Jets. They beat them on Thursday night in a short week. Like, this team is – they're playing well. And a big part of why they're playing well is that the quarterback is playing well. No quarterback has a higher QBR since week nine than, you guessed it, Trevor Lawrence. The guy has figured it out, Carlin. Yep. And he's living up to all of the potential that we thought he had coming out of the draft two years ago. Who knew that coaching mattered that much? But Trevor Lawrence is playing really good. That defense has been opportunistic with takeaways, Carlin. That defense has nine takeaways in the last four games. That's what that's something you can win with. That's a formula that plays well once you get into the postseason. So couple that with Trevor Lawrence improving and in the run game. I, I, I do think that Jacksonville is going to be one of those scary teams once we get to the second season. To your point, Trevor Lawrence last seven games. 14 touchdowns, two picks. Ha! Ha! 14 touchdowns. <laughs> Two picks in his last seven games. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that he is figuring it out a little bit. Yeah. Is there any reason whatsoever to believe in the Tennessee Titans here in this spot? I mean, the only reason, the only thing that I would say gives them a chance is their head coach. Yeah. Their head coach gives them the chance. Mike Vrabel is known for being able to put together a game plan that can muddy the waters a little bit, make it a sloppy football game. I think you have an opportunity if they can do that. It's going to have to be the physicality with the run game and Derrick Henry shorten the game um, in terms of limiting the number of possessions that both teams have, control the clock, get a couple of takeaways like they did against Dallas, and don't turn the football over. Don't get penalized the way they did against the Cowboys. If they do that, they can make it a fourth-quarter game. But, But I don't see them being able to pull off the upset. I don't see it either. Yeah. I don't see it either. Yeah, Can't I, mean, I mean, Carlin, listen, brother, there's a reason why Jacksonville is favored by a touchdown. <laughs> this is a winning in game for both teams. There's a reason why Jacksonville is favored by a touchdown. Kind of sounds like you're using you're thinking about using the L word in it. I ain't going to go Lockadini because okay. I got too much respect for Vrabel. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. 
Let's right now head up to Buffalo and get a little bit more on what we heard from the Bills uh, just a little while ago. We welcome in Diana Rossini. It's great to have her back off of maternity leave. She has been with the Bills all day today, and she joins us right now. Diana, first of all, you know, uh, the news conference that we just uh, got a chance to see and hear a little bit of, it, it sounds like from not having... Uh, been there that it was an incredibly emotional scene can you kind of sum up what the the overall tone was in that room with Sean McDermott and Josh Allen yeah hi guys it was incredibly tense in there uh we we saw all the emotions it was a roller coaster you heard some laughs there were some smiles on the faces of Josh Allen and Sean McDermott but there were way more tears and moments of silence at times as we would watch them gather their thoughts as they took us through the last four days when they saw their teammate collapse. Um, It is so evident, Chris, that this team is going through the motions right now with a very heavy heart while trying to focus and get ready to play a football game. And what they saw and what they've been through over the last few days um, certainly has galvanized them, but on a Thursday afternoon here, knowing that this happened just four days ago, this, this team is still hurting. Um, and while they did share that they want to go out there because that's what DeMar wants them to do. That was the message he gave them. He wants them to play. It just seems like this may be a very, very for this Bills team that has to get ready to, to play it on Sunday at 1 o'clock against the New England Patriots. Diana, we saw the Twitter account for the Buffalo Bills uh, post a picture with the players at practice and guys holding up the the threes with their fingers. Uh, I just, you know, it's 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 such a traumatic thing that they experienced on Monday night. How, how did that practice go? What are you hearing about their preparation and getting ready for the New England Patriots in Week 18? I spoke with their center, Mitch Morse, who who is one of their team leaders and, and, and is so eloquent and very uh, vulnerable with with any time. Well, I think we had a problem with Diana's phone. Hopefully we can get her back here yeah. uh, in just a second. But um, Mitch Morse definitely is one of the leaders of, those, of that team, as she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it, it, is, it is amazing, right? We can't automatically assume that after this week everything that has happened because you get good news today and you can start to feel a little bit better about it that you're not feeling the after effects of the emotional um i guess the emotional not damage isn't the word but the emotional wear and tear that it took out of you this week diana's back with us you were talking about uh, mitch morrison what he had to say diana yeah, I'll continue just discussing how he shared just how they're trying to stay focused. And they're, they're just following the lead of their head coach, Sean McDermott, who has sent a message pretty clearly to this team, which is if you need a minute, take a minute. If you need an hour, take the hour to gather your feelings and thoughts if you can't focus while we're going through this. And he, uh, Josh Allen was also explaining that they've been leaning on the assistant lot right now uh, to help move them along and get them prepared. So this is certainly not an easy task at all for anyone in the building. But, um, you know, 
I'm sitting there for 15 minutes listening to Josh and, and, and Coach talk about their feelings and, and be really honest and share how hard this has been and, and obviously how joyful they are to hear uh, that DeMar is doing better. But it, it, I, I, I was sitting there wondering, can these guys really go out there and play? And so when I, when I asked both and Josh that question, Coach was about to answer, and Josh cut him off. And he's like, we're, we're going to apply. We're ready to apply. And, you know, they also shared a little bit about putting a helmet on today just felt good. It felt good. And getting back to normal, that, that seems to be the theme here. This team is trying to get to that. And they're, they're certainly not there. But I think tomorrow is going to be a big step for them because today was getting the news hearing the news that he's doing really well and also talking to uh, DeMar's father and hearing his message of, I want you guys to go out there and play for my son. All of this coming together and tomorrow to just get a day away from the media, away from the sadness and the grief and the concerns and to just focus on football. Perfect, Diana. We can't thank you enough. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter up in Buffalo today. You got to re- think those players are emotionally spent right that, now with that's the last what I meant. 72 hours. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. about. Is that I didn't really consider that before. Mm-hmm. It's not just, okay, we got good news. He's going to be better. He's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's taken a lot out of you over yeah. the last 72 hours, and you don't necessarily think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't think about it, and, and there's a – a bit of fatigue that goes along with that, Carlin, because you're so worried, you're traumatized, and you're hoping that your teammate can get better. That takes a lot out of you. And so to all of a sudden shift gears once you get the good news to focus in on a game plan and going on the practice field and executing, that's not easy. It's not a light switch. And so you just you hope that those players can, can – focus and get ready to uh, to play a football game because that's what they're going to be called to do come Sunday. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. So earlier this week uh, on New Year's Eve, UFC President Dana White uh, was caught in on video in an altercation with his wife in Cabo, Mexico in which uh, he is seen in the video saying something to Ann White, at which point she slapped him in the face, and then Dana slapped her back before the two were quickly separated. Now, since then, White immediately apologized for what happened, said there are no excuses. Uh, You know, they have been together apparently for 30 years, something Mm -hmm. along those lines and said there's never an excuse uh, for a guy to put his hands on a woman and went on and on in a very detailed uh, apology in which he made no excuses. His wife came out in a separate statement and said, we've been married for almost 30 years. To say this is out of character for him is an understatement. Nothing like this has ever happened before. We were both drinking too much on New Year's Eve. Things got out of control on both sides. We've talked this through as a family and apologized to each other. He also pointed out that his biggest concern was around his kids. They have Mm. three kids together. Yeah. So that gives you the backdrop of what happened here. 
the the issue becomes though for Dana White where is the discipline for what happened i mean granted Dana basically runs the UFC endeavor owns it i don't know what the breakdown is does endeavor own it altogether yes so endeavor owns it Dana White as we know is the face of the UFC mm-hmm. i don't understand how you can apologize and go through all of that but not discipline yourself when you have disciplined others. You have disciplined guys in your own company who have gotten released after issues like this popped up. I know Stephen A. and Molly talked about this uh, on First Take. Mm -hmm. Stephen A. basically saying you want to make sure that you are holding guys, you are holding yourself accountable at the same level that you are holding others accountable. And and I understand that. And, And when I read a quote from... Dana, that he said back in 2014 around the Ray Rice situation, I think he just would be advisable to to read what he said about that. There's one thing that you never bounce back from, and that's putting your hands on a woman. Been that way in the UFC since we started here. You don't bounce back from putting your hands on a woman. Well, listen, I get it. Dana White's the boss. But the boss has to discipline the boss here. Well, the boss has bosses. So he, let's he keep does that have in people mind to too, speak to. Because even though yeah. the UFC is valued over $5 billion, the company that owns it has a market cap of about $15 billion. Yep. And they just invested heavily in an online sports betting company, another billion dollars. So this is big business for Endeavor Sports. And Carlin, UFC, Dana White, even though he's been the face of that organization and for that matter, the sport, for the better part of the last decade and a half, he's not above the discipline that has been levied in situations like this by him and by other leaders of other sports leagues. What Roger Goodell has shown, what we've seen from Adam Silver, what we've seen from Rod Manfred, when players find themselves in these situations, when fighters find themselves in these situations, whatever discipline is handed down to them, as heavy-handed as it may well be, the public just accepts it because the behavior that was exhibited by Dana White and, quite frankly, his wife is unacceptable. And so when you represent so many people in this business, and make no mistake about it, the UFC is a sport, but it's also a business. When you represent so many people to behave in that manner, in that fashion, and be caught on tape doing something like that, Carlin, He needs an extended absence away from the sport. Extended absence. Even more so than anything that he would levy to one of his fighters. Why? Because he's in a leadership position. He's the one that's responsible for setting the standard. Everybody is looking to him as to how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. And if you're going to behave like that, there needs to be a clear message sent from all involved that this is not what the UFC is about. It's a violent sport, and we're about making sure that that's contained to the octagon. Nowhere else. When John Bones Jones got in trouble, with all the other issues that he's dealing with, Dana White was heavy-handed with him. There have been countless other instances that we can point to where he's levied suspensions and formed various forms of discipline. Now needs to be the time where Dana White and other leadership in the UFC decide to discipline him and go beyond what we've seen him do with other fighters in the past because the stature 
of Dana White calls for that. There's no question it does. All I ever look for in in these circumstances is contrition and also consistency. And look, when it comes to punishment like this kind of thing, it's awfully difficult to hand it down the way you do and then not live by the same rules at the very least, if not more. I'm not going to fight you on any of that. Yeah, I mean, I think everything you just said is spot on. And but to me, it just all this does right now is make it look like you can sweep aside whatever you want to when it because, well, no, this is me. This is my business. That's what the perception of the situation is. Yeah. And all I would ever want to see in any of these is consistency. And look, if you're going to say things like, you know, you can't ever recover from this, and it's been that way in the UFC since we started, well, then you have to act like it. So does that mean you step down from your position in UFC? To me, all it means is I, I don't know if he steps down or not. I know that there has to be an appropriate extended discipline for Dana White in this. And if it means stepping away... No, he's got to be away from the sport. For no, 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 no. They're, they're, extended. No, we can talk about forms of discipline, yeah. including fines and and such, but he's got to be away from the sport. Yes, that's you what I'm saying. You can no longer run the UFC for a period of time, and I'm okay with that being indefinite. Yeah. Yeah, it, it needs to be you step away for a while now. You go over here, you're sitting in timeout, you get yourself together, you deal with your family matters, everybody... His wife, in her statement, called for privacy. We will give you the privacy that you need to work through whatever issues that you're dealing with, with your family, your, your spousal issues, the issues with your kids. But that doesn't mean you get to be a part of the UFC. It's a privilege. It's not a right, Carlin, even if, even if you've been the face of the business for two decades. That, that part about it, th- that part is aside from it, Carlin. Just because he showed contrition in a statement does not absolve him from the consequences of his action on New Year's Eve. So and that, to me, means that he's got to be disciplined in a strong way, and he's got to be away from the sport. So we both know female sports fans who have been let down by what's happened before with the way domestic violence has been handled by professional sports leagues. Yeah. Um, I know a few big UFC fans, women who are into it, even though one that has a podcast about it, and would ask them the same thing earlier today. How do you feel about this? The same way you would feel about domestic violence in any situation. It has to be dealt with swiftly. It has to be dealt with harshly. Mm -hmm. A simple apology, while necessary, is not nearly enough to get it done. Ultimately, it boils down to this. And this is for any professional sports league or any anybody in society, period, any business. You have to be able to show and prove to people that you care about women. That you care about women being protected in this scenario. Well, it goes beyond caring about women. I think it's just caring about people, period. Because both parties in that situation had a responsibility to de-escalate the situation. His wife slapped him, he slapped her. Both behaviors are unacceptable. Sure. So domestic violence in all its forms, violence from women toward men and men toward women. So that part needs to be stated clearly, Colin. But the other thing that we've got to talk about, 
is because Dana White is the face of the UFC, and in, in a lot of ways, mixed martial arts as a whole, the discipline that comes down on him needs to serve as a deterrent to anybody else that's a part of this sport. This is not going to be something that we tolerate. And for it to be a slap on the wrist or some kind of fine and him to be able to continue on in his you know capacity or whatever role he has within the company, that to me is unacceptable. There needs to be an indefinite suspension of Dana White, and he needs to be sitting down somewhere for a while away from the UFC. Dana even said in the last part of his statement, people are going to say what they're going to say, and it is what it is. Whatever they say is deserved. I deserve it. Well, you said it, though. Dana White said it yeah. in 2014 with Ray Rice. You were the one that said it. So if you want to be held to account from your own words, then that means you need to go away for a while, sir. That's where we're at. Like them or not, relationship with ESPN or not, somebody's got to take a stand for this because that type of behavior is unacceptable. Domestic violence is not acceptable. Period. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. This mayhem moment brought to you by Allstate. Protect yourself from mayhem and save money by switching to Allstate. We don't have any college football to wager on tonight. We've got that, of course, coming on Monday night. But that doesn't mean we don't have a play of the night. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Yes, it's back. I've missed this over the last couple of weeks. Man, I'm telling you, we got to make some people some money, Carlin. Well, let's Coming do off it. of the holidays, people's pockets might be a little short because of all of the presents that they bought their loved ones. Let's I, I, I saw that. Back. I saw that, you know, one of those, uh, you know, morning show spots of now you're getting the bills. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Canty. What's up? I'm looking at the Celtics Mavericks tonight. Yeah. Celtics Mavericks tonight in Dallas. Dallas getting three at home. Mm-hmm. Over under 232 and a half. Uh, points. Uh, Doncic, 34 and a half. Christian Wood, 18 and a half points. Love it. Love the over on Christian Wood, 18 okay. and a half points. All right. Uh, rebounds. I got one I kind of like. What's that? Al Horford, five and a half. Oh, give me that all day. Exactly. Give me that all this day. This is what I'm saying. I love it. And then finally, I'm going to throw one more at you just to see if I can whet your appetite a little bit. Mm. Assists. Malcolm Brogdon, three and a half. Malcolm Brogdon, three and a half. I'm kind of, eh, maybe. I, I, I prefer the over 232 and a half total points. Okay. Yes. All right. So we have ourselves a three-leg same-game parlay there. Here we go. 18 and a half points. Or it's over 232 and a half for the total. Yeah. Over 232 and a half for the total. Over, eight, over 18 and a half points for Christian Wood. Yes. And then over five and a half rebounds for Al Horford. Yes. And that's a nice number. Plus 600. That's a nice number. Woo! 
I'm looking at it. Oh, let's go. Giddy up. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Canty is all fired up with his Lakers having won three in a row. Give me a little Dennis Schroeder. Hit it. Schroeder makes his move. Drives towards the basket. Got to the rim. Lays it up and in. 30 for Schroeder. And the Lakers lead by four with 20 seconds remaining. Dennis Schroeder getting it done. Yeah, I'll take our little three-game win streak. Yes, we can. Yeah, yes, we can. Play Probably. in. Here we come. Yeah, moving us up to uh, 12th in the Western Conference standings. I think it's only three more months before <laughs> Anthony Davis is back, right? Right, something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then yeah. there's, how about Sadiq Bay, Detroit? One second remaining in a tie game. Hayes. Hayes gets it in. Sadiq fires. Sadiq Bay just hit it. He nailed it. Wow. That's 97, won the ticket uh, in Detroit. The other one was ESPN 710 in L.A. as the Pistons beat the Warriors. Warriors, what's going on? I don't know what's going on with the Warriors. I mean, Clay Thompson did go crazy the other night, but, man, to lose to a team that had 30 losses already in the season, Carlin? That, uh, they ain't played but 41 games. <laughs> they got 30 losses. <laughs> That's well done. That's I'm not a meth guy, really, but that's 75 percent of your games that you've lost. Uh, oh my gosh! And All then right. uh, number then the two other issues. Uh, one, uh, Texas fired Chris Beard today. Good move by them. They yeah, had I saw to do that it. Coming. Yeah. Uh, speaking of domestic violence, and he is going to be up on felony domestic violence charges in Texas. And then Texas A&M last night was given a technical foul before tip off. Because they left their game jerseys at the hotel. They were uh, they realized managers had left their game jerseys behind, and officials hit them with a delay of game penalty. And A&M did go on to win. But, boy, if that's why you end up losing, some managers are looking for some jobs. I mean, we couldn't just go shirts and skins in that moment? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> like Apparently not. Gym? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my How God. Does the, you have one job. You have one job. Job. They're student managers. Those kids have a lot on their minds. You have one job. You have one <laughs> job. That's it. Make sure the jerseys are at the game. All you got to do is pre- like they always put up the social media posts of them hanging in the lockers, ready yeah. to go. You think you forgot something? Oh my god, kids, just get it straight for maybe, once. Maybe they didn't get back from holiday break. Well, maybe not. <laughs> by the way, you know, you did not make a big deal about the fact that it was over the Miami Heat. Oh, by the way, Joe and Amber are coming up next. Hi, Amber. Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app.